Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I am your host, Chris, a.k.a. Prince, with our brother Cardell, and we are the New Block Nerds Podcast, and we are burdened with glorious purpose. Cardell, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, so I kind of want to start this with, I know Deron and I, we had a podcast probably about like a week or so ago talking about like the multiverse saga and kind of like, you know, where, where we go from here. Right. Um, and we kind of poo poo in the MCU a little bit. Um, but there was one thing that I mentioned that I have been enjoying consistently and it's been Loki. The Loki season one and season two, to me, have been, I think, I think head and shoulders, the, the best thing that the MCU has put out in a while, in my opinion. Um, and I don't feel any different after the season two finale. So, I mean, a, a lot of stuff happened and we'll get into like the nitty gritty and the, like the comic book references, all that kind of stuff. But like, give me your 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 first off the cuff impressions of um season two of loki um so just i mean to keep it simple i've i've loved loki i agree with you it's in the sense that it's been the best thing that marvel's done for i feel like the last few years season one and season two i feel like it was definitely the best of the uh the first wave of the disney plus marvel shows Mm -hmm. that they did um easily the best i mean you had wandavision um um winter soldier and stuff like that that were good but i didn't think that were on the same level um as this one and i felt like season two really followed up um when you get into time travel things can get a little confusing and stuff like that but all in all i thought it was i thought it was phenomenal i enjoyed the whole season yeah yeah and and you know you you bring up something about like time travel um and it can get a little wonky and it's i think it's it's very difficult to write time travel because especially when you're doing it in kind of this way where it's like science fiction with a little bit of magic involved, it, the logic has to hold up and it's very hard to like write this out logically while like also like staying like within the fantastical, like, like you have to weave it together. So, so well, and I, I think they did do it in a good way to where it wasn't like, like I, I didn't feel I didn't feel overly confused by like what was going on. Like I felt like, okay, I understand what's going on, and I understand like w- you know what like like what this means, even though you know they're talking crazy science science fiction um, terminology. But um, so for season two, I know like coming off like the heels of season one, we got introduced to Kang, of course. Um, how did you feel about the Kang character, just like overall for this season? Um, so it was interesting because the, <laughs> I feel like we really still haven't seen like a really scary Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen these quirky iterations of him, but we haven't really seen anybody that's been like truly deadly, um, which is still kind of scary to a sense because you can look at how people like Loki are scared of him and be like, okay, we haven't, and that we're just doing like Victor Timely. And he who remains, who were not like that intimidating in their natural right. like nature and the progression of things, um, right? So just kind of the foreshadowing with that is kind of crazy to me. 
but I, I, I got to give it up to Jonathan Majors because I feel like the way he was able to deliver so many different iterations of the same character and convey so many different like uh, personality characteristics for each of them, I thought mm-hmm. was like stellar. Yeah, and like it's and it's it's funny too because he he he's like mocking himself too, right? Like when he realizes that Loki's been in that room that we see at the end of season one, you know how over how many times he's like, how is Victor timely, right? So it's like, so like, but I think to your point, like even though we haven't, I would say maybe for one exception, it's probably the king that was in Quantum Mania. He was menacing. He was kind of like a king that was like, okay, I don't want to fight this guy, right? Like that's that's not the guy you want to you want to rumble with. Um, but he who remains, I almost feel like he's sinister in a different way. Like he's sinister in like a in like in a force of nature way. Like you realize, even he realizes once Loki once he realizes that like Loki has like run this back a million times he almost feels inevitable and that's why he's so nonchalant about everything because it's just like how many times have you done this and who do you think paved that road calling back to season one when he had the same conversation with with loki and sylvie he's just like you thought that you were going to find this victor timely guy and go through all this and that the outcome was going to be any different no remember it was my plan to give victor timely that book way back when just so you guys could think that you could fix the loom. There's no problem with it. It was always designed to fail, so I could end up right back here. So like I I, I feel like I feel like in that sense, like Kang is scary because he's just in control at all times. And there's never any doubt that he's not in control. Yeah, and particularly in this iteration, throughout all time. Right. Not just at all times, but throughout all time as well. <laughs> in the past, in the present, in the future. He's in control. Right. So uh, I, I want to kind of jump to the end here because uh, I feel like there there's a lot to, to get into, a lot to break down, There's and there's a lot of theories as to like what's what's happened, what's happening, and what we think what kind of implications this is going to have on the future. Um, now I haven't seen the Marvels yet, so I, I don't know Me neither. about any implications on, on the multiverse or anything like that. So, um, so guys forgive us if, if, if we're, we're off base here on our theories, but so I guess Loki's idea was, um, you know, going back to what Kang was saying about, you know, the, the loom was always designed to fail. So, you don't really have you don't really have any choices really because it's either you stop Sylvie from killing me and I'm still in power or she kills me you go through this whole Victor Tommy thing the entire multiverse collapses except for my sacred timeline as it was designed in the first place so we're all back here again um but at the end Loki kind of makes a third option if you will, and basically, I mean, going back to like the 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 title of the episode, "Glorious Purpose," echoing episode one, and you know Loki's motto for the last decade and a half, he really is burdened with glorious purpose now. Like I I think that's that's so poetic for 
for Loki as a character because I feel like Loki season one and two is just one big character arc for this Loki, especially considering like where he starts off. He's the Loki from the Avengers, the one that was doing mass murder and was trying to take over the Earth. And yeah. now <laughs> he is the savior of the of, of the multiverse. So it's like it's really interesting to see how he goes on this big character arc um, and fulfilling that that whole, you know, burden with glorious purpose kind of kind of mantra. Yeah, I thought that was a, a really nice spin to kind of put the cherry on top for him, uh, because we did see a lot of character growth from him. Like we've seen him like become more selfless through the progression mm-hmm. of these of these two seasons. Um and it really shows with his love for Sylvie, even though technically that's kind of still um, a little selfish since that's himself. Yeah. But, um, but of course, it's it's Loki. Of course, he would fall in love with a variant of himself. He's, that's that, Of course he would. <laughs> um, but we, we see that progression. Um, and for him to take on a role that is so, like, so pivotal. And I, I do want to kind of get into, like, what implications you think this might have in the greater... Um, MCU, but him creating that third option by basically holding all of those um, those strands of yeah. the, the different multiverses together, um, I think just just says a lot for his character as far as like how far he's come from, like you said, being just a mass murderer, genocidal maniac trying to take over a planet, um, to trying to save everyone on every planet in every universe. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and and we we can just get right into the implications here, so. My my kind of theory here is <clears throat> I think in a way it's all it's all gonna end up kind of back where he who remains wants it to go anyways. Because think about this logically, right? If Sylvie killing he who remains caused the sacred timeline to no longer be the one sacred timeline. And it caused all these branches, right? Which led to the whole Victor Tommy thing and them trying to restore it to where it was before, but in a better way. But now Loki is essentially holding all these different multiverses together. So now all these multiverses exist simultaneously, right? In theory. So wouldn't this just lead to another multiverse war with all the different Kang variants. <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? Like, aren't we just kind of right back where we started? That's And to me, like, that's the intimidating thing about Kang is like, if if now you're, and I get, I get where Loki's coming from, it's just like, instead of pruning all these multiverse, let's just give everyone a chance to live their own lives how they see fit, not, not you know, being overrun or overlooked by Kang. But the problem is, every single multiverse that you're holding together, Loki, has a Kang in it. And, they're, and they all have the same goal. No matter where they are, no matter where they're from, they're all going to end up doing the same thing. So I, I feel like, and this is a theory, since, this is, this, since these two seasons are operating outside of time, I think everything that we have seen up to, up to this point, TV shows, movies, etc., that have multiverse elements is happening after quote unquote the events of Loki season two. 
Okay. Because there because in theory there wouldn't be any other timelines if he who remains had already pruned all the other timelines. They, they these other multiverses, these other other dimensions can only exist if there's already multiverses out there to begin with. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. So I don't know what 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 what's your what's your take on that? Uh well, I mean First off, just giving him, uh, giving Loki like the power jump that he's getting from like basically becoming like a god Loki um, at this point, I think says a lot for whatever the stakes are going to be in the follow up movies that, you know, what I mean, that, that, that come up uh, with mm-hmm. the rest of the Marvel Universe. Um, it is still kind of intimidating knowing that there's still going to be Kang variants out there. The Kangs obviously jump in and out of time as well wants to stop one of them from just showing up and murking him while he's holding all the timelines together. Nothing in theory. Right. So like, there's still a lot up in the air. Um, I honestly, the individual movies haven't necessarily hit as much as we would have liked, but I like the way they've kind of been setting King up. If I go back to the end of Ant-Man, where it's like, he Mm -hmm. doesn't even really know if he's in his universe or not. And that's been a theory for a long time. Since that movie came out, people have, have been asking kind of like, is this Scott even in the 616 universe or is he somewhere else? We don't know. Yeah, he could be in some 616 adjacent universe um, that's very similar but has slightly different stuff off. Um, so, like, knowing that and then knowing that we're going to inevitably get more because you're holding more multiverses together and providing more opportunities for Kang to arise. It's, it's setting it up to where it's like, damn, like, like you said, like Kang is inevitable. There's yeah. no way you're going to be able to avoid him. You're going to have to kind of face the facts one day. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You're, you're going to have to, there's, there's no, like you said, there, there's, there's no, there's no avoiding him. He's going to be there. He, he was either, there and you guys didn't know it in our main kind of 616 universe that was the sacred timeline or now we have what we have now which is just essentially kickstarting a new kang multiverse war it's just like he's he's always he's always going to be there but i think i think that the thing that they're building up to now this has been a theory that's been out there is that now that Loki is in the chair, kind of holding on to multiverses together, that he's going to kind of be the catalyst to recruit a new Avengers team, maybe from different multiverses, to team up and fight like a a, a variant team of Kangs in okay. Kang Dynasty and or Secret Wars. Like that, that's where I could see that going, right? Because, and it does suck that like Loki is he's basically condemned himself for. We can't even call it all of eternity because he's like he's outside of time, like he's there theoretically forever and ever and for ever. For all and ever. time, just, always. Just yeah, for all time, always. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting there holding these universe these universes together. So it's I, I don't and like the way that Tom Hiddleston has been talking about his time playing Loki, it seems like his run is over now. I. The way they left it, I don't think there's going to be a season three. I don't think there should be a season three Loki. I think yeah. they should just like leverage this into the next big Avengers team up film and work him in somewhere there. I don't think we've seen the last of Loki. I think he's definitely going to come in at some point. And like I said, 
you know, either recruit the different Avengers that, that are going to take on Kang or, or be some kind of part in that. And he just, he's, he's too connected. I mean, he is the hub of the entire multiverse now. So he, you can't leave him out. Um, what type of people would you like to see him select if that, if it were to go that way? Uh, I mean, if we're going to go there, um, cause I, I personally, I personally like the idea of him selecting, you know, I mean, he's already holding the multiverse together, so he, I could assume he would be able to see what's going on in those multiverses, who's doing what out there. So it's, it's it's hard to say because again, like we've talked about, since they've introduced Kang and since they've introduced this whole multiverse saga, because it's because there's endless multiverses out there, the possibilities are limitless. I mean, you can you can write anything, and this is where the MCU is kind of in a good spot here. Is they can write anything into this moving forward. And make it make sense because of all these multiverses out here, right? Now, now that all the multiverses actually exist now, we see that they all exist. Now you can bring in X-Men, you can bring in Fantastic Four, you can bring in literally whoever you want and just say they're from a different universe. And that's how I think we're actually going to get introduced to these different characters is because of the events that have happened here. So I, don't, I don't have specifics on like who I would want to see. I don't know if you do, but I mean, and it, well, anything's possible. Well, I'll say they already kind of did a soft like test run at that with uh, Doctor Strange too, mm-hmm. by showing us, hey, there is a Reed Richards. Maybe not in this universe, not yet, but they're out there. So when we do introduce them, it's not a surprise because you already know it exists somewhere out there in the right. multiverse, right? Well, they don't exist in that universe anymore. They're cooked. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all in fucking body bags. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what happens to that universe. That's probably a universe that that should just be pruned and just left to die because uh, the entire Illuminati is cooked. I don't think there's I don't think there's any hope if there's any more threats. Um, unless that's part of uh, his plan maybe it is i mean at at this point who's i i wouldn't argue i wouldn't argue with anyone just being like yeah this is still all of kang's plan i'd be like yeah you're probably right um but i don't know what what do you like like where do you see this going now because i i know like the fandom is kind of so so on marvel right now um and for good reason um but i do think loki has been consistently one of the things for me that like I watched Loki season one and season two and I'm like, okay, this is the same kind of quality that, that I expect coming from the MCU that made the MCU MCU what it is today or what it was. I mean, I don't really know what it's, and I feel like it's tough for me to say this, but I don't really know what I want marvel to do yeah i think that's where everyone is right now (laughs) it's like i don't know what i want you to do but i don't want to see like some of the shows that y'all had on there yeah like we we want it i don't know i want to feel like 
I want to feel like they count for something. Some of the shows I feel like we're just out there just, hey, we got the availability, we got the time, we got the budget, let's make it. Yeah, right, right, right. And like, and, I, and that's, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just want to feel like the show, like, I want to feel like it's tied into something, like it has a, like it has a purpose to me watching it. I want to feel like, oh, I just like this character, so I'm going to watch this show. Right. Right. And and I, and I feel like this Loki series has had a huge impact on the implications for the greater MCU. And that's what we want, right? Like, we, we want to be able to check in with these TV shows and then watch a movie and then be like, oh, yeah, because this is what happened over here. And this is why this is happening over here. Right. Exactly. Um, but not in a gratuitous way. And I don't feel like this has been gratuitous. I think in many ways, this is easily the most impactful, not just from a sense of quality, like standing on its own, but as far as how it's going to affect the the MCU moving forward. Like this is, like when we're talking about, I think in, in 10 years or so, when this whole Kang saga is over, we're going to look back at Loki season one and two, and this is going to be the turning point in when things started to get really fucking weird and serious. I hope so. Cause I mean, there's, <laughs> there's still a little, a lot of stuff to tie together. We haven't seen, mm-hmm. neither of us have seen, uh, Marvels yet. Right. Um, but they're gonna have to tie together, you know, the multiversal effects of, of that. Um, don't have to tie together the multiversal effects of, um, Dr. Strange of Spider-Man like there's a lot of different aspects we're going to have to kind of tie together and explain in a short amount of time like oh this is why all this happened and this is why all this now converges into one thing that is relevant to all these characters even though some of them are in different timelines yeah yeah and and that's and that's the thing like like they they do have the flexibility to do it now because of all the different multiverses that now exist um but at the same time, too, like you said, like they they have to be careful because there's a lot. It's a lot of mess right now. And you have to like you have a lot of ingredients right now and you got to somehow make it all into one dish that's going to be received well. And like, while, yeah, you do have that flexibility, you know, you can also run into having a little bit too much going on and it not all fit together properly or or, or, or you have a bunch of these loose ends that you can't tie up because it just got a little bit too crazy for you to manage. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, this storyline went unresolved. So what do we do with that? Do we make a follow-up sequel for something that really should have been answered in like 10 minutes in this movie? And now we're stretching this whole story for an hour and a half to try to do some fan service. Right. Right. And, and, and I, and I hope they don't, they don't take some of those and then just explain it away as like a, oh, well, you know, multiverse. So this was just actually over here. Like, I just feel like that would be kind of lazy. Um, I do think that there's that. I mean, there there should. I mean, I, I think if they're planning on, you know, doing this whole multiverse saga, I feel like you have to have the writing kind of figured out earlier on because it all has to tie back together in some kind of way. Um, like Duran and I were talking about this in our in our our multiverse saga, kind of like, you know, where we go from here podcast. Um, and we were talking about how all the teases leading up to Thanos, like it felt like 
the entire 10 year runway was planned out. Yeah. And then they started shooting. Now, this one, I do feel like at least early on, there have been a couple of projects that have been shooting off the hip. Like you can, you can definitely tell like Loki, this series, for example, was planned out because I mean, even looking at how season one ended versus like the events of season two, I feel like they had both of these seasons planned out before they even started rolling on the first episode. Like I, I, it feels like that, like the writing is so strong that it makes a lot of sense to where I don't feel like you can just doesn't seem like they were shooting off the hip. Right. But you know, some other TV series, which we won't get into um, this, we're, we're not, we're not poo pooing the MCU today. This isn't what this is about, but um. So I, I, I really hope that they're taking that into account and, and you know, they have, all right, yeah, we're going to do Secret Wars, but this is how we're going to build up to this. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I And, of course, there's been rumors out there of, you know, Disney kind of watching what's going to happen with Jonathan Majors and his trial and all that nonsense. And if they're going to try to, like, sub him out for Doctor Doom in a way, which I feel like would be, it would just be cheap. I don't want them to do that. Like Doom, Doom almost deserves an entire saga. Yeah, he does for himself. You don't, you don't just, you don't just. Oh, okay. Here's Doom as a backup. Like Doom deserves yeah. his own build up and everything. Like he could be yeah. a whole, like he could be a whole Thanos level arc right. by himself. You don't waste him. On, on a fill-in where you've already kind of halfway developed right. up to one guy. Right, right. And and, and 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 I hear some of the fandom out there talking about, well, you know, in the comics it was Doom anyways doing, doing Secret Wars. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I also understand why they chose to use Kang for Secret Wars, given his position in the MCU as kind of like the multiversal god. It makes sense why he would yeah. be the one behind secret wars right and maybe maybe we're all wrong like maybe kevin feige has something up his sleeve where he's just like i'm gonna i'm gonna show y'all y'all been doubting me i'm gonna show y'all and we've said this a million times when we're talking about like the direction of the mcu and like you know where are they going and you know do they know what they're doing and you know should we continue to have this faith in kevin feige i mean we probably should but ah, what are you gonna do we're fans we're, and- of course we're gonna bitch and as far as Kang, because, you know, obviously, like I said, there's been the issues with Jonathan Majors, the stuff he's, the court legal stuff he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, worst kind of worst, you don't necessarily have to get rid of Kang. I mean, he's got a million variants. You could just get a different actor and just say it's a different variant. That's true. That's also true. Yeah, that's 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 not nothing. Um, but I, I mean, at the same time, too, I, I do think I, I feel like I feel like we've we've barely even scratched the surface as far as what Jonathan Majors can do with this character and all these different variants, like he who remains, even, even his, uh, at the end of season one, his kind of like quirkiness, that kind of personality that he had versus what we saw of him in the season two finale. And then Victor timely, like they're all completely different personalities. Right. And one of those guys is the same person. He who remains was totally different in the season one finale than he was in the season two finale. So you, you get to see like a lot of those acting chops where he's just like, I'm playing the fool. I'm playing the kind of like eccentric kind of, you know, at the end of time guy. But then he can also just like sit down with, with Loki at the end and, and, and like really just talk to him like one-on-one, like how long you been, how long you been doing this, man? (laughs) Not forgetting the one from a quantum mania either. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that one, I think he was, that was Kang the Conqueror. That was, that's the guy who's about, you know, he's, he's get down or lay down Kang. Yeah. By the way, I don't, I don't think he's dead. Don't think he's dead. Just got carried off by the ants. Yeah. Which we don't have to get back into that. Cause that was foolishness, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, to wrap this up, man, I, I, I really enjoyed Loki season two. I think it's head and shoulders. The best thing Marvel has done on Disney plus for sure. Um, I, I do feel like in a way Loki in the same way, he's kind of holding all the multiverse together. He's really holding <laughs> the MCU together right now. Um, because boy, like, can you imagine how we would feel as a fandom if the season finale sucked? I can't speak for the fandom, but I can tell you how I would feel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not great. Not great. It it wouldn't it wouldn't be positive. I can tell you no, that. No, no, no. So, but I I am looking forward to seeing how this implicates anything in the Marvels. I think it's not a coincidence that the Marvels hit theaters the day after Loki season two finale. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Um, So I I think there's probably going to be something in there that has wider implications on the effects of what Loki season two had and where we're headed towards the future. So um you know, it, it, I'm excited to see what they have next. Um, we'll definitely be back to review the Marvels when we get around to seeing that. So, um, guys in the comments, please do not spoil anything because I have not seen it. Cardo has not seen it. I don't think Deron has seen it either. Um, we will get there. We will get there. <laughs> but don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, Cardo, you got any any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um. Again, just really enjoyed uh, Loki season one and season two. I do hope that we um, start to soon see a convergence of some of these different storylines. So we have an idea as to what to expect for our next big like Avengers team up movie. Uh, but this is keeping the hope alive right now. Yeah, so. yeah it is single handedly keeping the hope alive. So shout out to Loki for sitting there in that damn throne for all of eternity, for all time, always. Um, I've been Prince Cardell. It's a pleasure, man. And um, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.